0: would be in the surgery i'd scrub in oh you have to right yeah, yeah. <laughs> scrub in. yeah all right uh now it is time for us to go to the hotline and welcome to the show from the first time a television legend ladies and gentlemen arsenio hall how are you sir hey man i just
1: got beat up by two nigerians we on <laughs> was, i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> oh that's this great be evidence <laughs> how you doing <laughs> my man I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm down there at the uh, Improv in Tampa Friday and Saturday night, and I appreciate you all letting me talk to your audience.
0: Are you kidding me? Listen, I have so many things I want to ask you. First of all, can we just get this (laughs) out of the way because people are busting my nuts since I announced that you were going to be on the show. I get 9 million Twitter requests like I'm not going to ask. Everybody wants (laughs) to know about uh, Coming to America too. Is it going to happen, you think? Is it happening? Is it might
1: happen? Where are we at? It's crazy because, you know, Eddie Murphy called me and he had this script. He said, come over. You got to read this script, right? And and I said, what is it? He said, it's coming to America too, dog. And I'm like, okay, but Eddie, we're really old now. Because <laughs> uh, you know, I'm thinking like, hey, we could do the barbers without makeup if we do the <laughs> <laughs> and, and he said, just come read the script. Come get one. Come get one. So I went over to his house and it was a script written by the creator of Blackish. Kenya Barris. He also wrote Girl's Trip. Y'all probably remember Girl's Trip with Tiffany Haddish. The teeth and everybody. Funny movie. So I go over and I read it, and it is all that. And it's everything that all the scripts that he had turned down over the years were not. And, and it's really funny. And he signed his deal last week. So it's happening. Now, I hope I'm in it because I saw a post-it with Michael Blackson written on it on Eddie's desk. <laughs> Listen. So they might have another African as Simi. You
0: know? <laughs> there is no there is no replacement for Simi. I that movie is was an instant classic. I mean Eddie has made some great movies, but everybody goes back to that one. I mean that and I it's one of those movies that you should probably know by residual checks that any time it's on, you gotta stop and watch at least twenty minutes of it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it 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 holds up and I'm real proud of it. Uh but that is also the reason why when you're sitting around over the years you say, Yo, dog, let's just leave it where it is. Let's not do because sometimes you can do a sequel, and the jokes are repetitive, right. and the studios just want to make that paper. And I'm glad we waited, and I think we have a good quality script now. But uh, but you know, sequels are dangerous when you love a film like I love Coming to America.
0: I, I think the key is the waiting because you didn't rush it to get out because of the success of the first one. There is technology differences between the first one and this one, so there's so much more to build upon. Well, we'll wait and see if it happens. And we hope that it
1: does. Oh, no, it's, going, oh it's, ha- it's happening, man. Okay. They, you know, here's how you know in this town when something's happening. Because people say, yeah, you know, I'm in development mm-hmm. on uh, the Ten Commandments, the <laughs> sequel. Right. And, uh, and you know, and, and sometimes you have to look at what the studio is doing. The studio has already hired the director and they've hired a producer, and they have a production office. This is way past maybe. Yeah. It really is about to happen. They have dates for it. They're casting people. Like if you talk to young actors in Hollywood, they have a thing called the breakdowns that come out to your agents right. where they're casting. We need, we need a wiper to work for a king in his bathroom, you know? <laughs> yeah. All that kind of stuff, you know? So uh, it's, it's on, dog. Good, it's happening. Good.
0: We're just waiting to see if Arsenio's in it. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh,
0: we're talking Arsenio Hall. Ar- I was explaining to people earlier this morning that uh, I don't, like, uh, you look at your career and you, they'll say Ar- Arsenio Hall was a pioneer for black entertainers because you did something on late night that had not been done before. But really, you could take the black out of it. You What you did in late night was something that so many people tried to do and couldn't do, and that was dent that Tonight Show audience. And uh, okay. I use my father as a perfect example. My father not not one to normally be listening to rap music or anything like that. And all of a sudden, he my father was like, "Oh, that Arsenio, you know, we well, get some good guests. Like, that was my dad's <laughs> way of complimenting you. You get some good guests on that show. Uh, and brought that whole young audience into late night. And
1: uh, that that
0: really changed the way they do things, man.
1: Yeah, and, and I appreciate you saying that because I think it was deeper than just a black talk show. As a matter of fact, there are people I run into, like like the first time I ran into... Billy Ray Cyrus at a Dodger game a while back, he tells his daughter, Arsenio broke achy, breaky heart when you guys yep. were, I don't even know if they were born. But, you know, but country stuff, Garth Brooks said "I the first time he saw his wife, I think they got divorced. Now, that might be my fault. But, <laughs> but the first time Garth Brooks, you know, saw his wife, he saw her on my show. So it goes beyond MC Hammer and Q-Tip and me meeting Mariah Carey in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. That was fun. A, a long time ago. Man, That that's what was cool about it, having a platform so that you could... Give people an opportunity the way there were people who gave me opportunities. I, I was sitting in a restaurant, and Tommy Matola walked in, and he was with this really fine young girl. I, I still tease him and say, you know, the soap opera, The Young and the Breastless, he was limited. <laughs> She's a tiny in, you know, and a little tiny girl, and he said, that girl can sing with the best of them, like Aretha and Patti LaBelle, and, and she didn't look like that. She just she looked like she needed a biscuit. Right. right. But, uh, but but and, and she clearly has gotten one since. But um so the bottom line is I see her, I put her on that week, and that was happening in so many situations, people that I would meet, you know. As a matter of fact, the only time I ever wanted to do something on that show and didn't get to do it was Ice Cube came to me with a track. Call F the police. And right. I remember it written in Sharpie on a cassette, and he brought it to me. And Paramount wasn't buying it, but that's the only time that I actually saw something that I knew was going to happen, yeah. and it happened. Oh yeah, and, and it, it became huge. But I wasn't able to break it, and I always wished I could have put NWA on first.
0: Well, there is there are so many things that I remember seeing on that show. Uh, can I? At the same time, is really irks me is that I'm a kid watching Arsenio. And, uh, I'm actually a kid watching Joan Rivers and Joan Rivers, mm-hmm. uh, gets canceled and they have a swinging door of hosts trying to figure out what's going to go on. Right. Arsenio, I want to say was one of those people. And I, Arsenio, did I recognize you at that time before that? Did you do match game or something? We on a game show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm like, I know that it? guy. I know that's a guy, the funny guy <laughs> from match game. I'm a kid at the time, like 13 years old. And, uh, and, and I'm like, Arsenio is funny. And and I and you know, you know you had a very unique name, and then we go to L. A. for the first time, and we get tickets to go to the show, and I am so excited to see Arsenio Hall host a show, and we go all the way there. Uh, and wait, I,
1: wait, wait! What night did you come? Who was on that
0: night? Oh, it's it's not even exciting. I get there and you're not there. <laughs> it's you were still in the revolving or in the tryouts. I get there and it's oh, goddamn Buck. Oh, yeah, Buck Henry is the host. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> and all the people I that only totally remember. It, it. In,
1: ugh. I remember that period because it was Fox, and they did a whole thing of me, Buck Henry, Suzanne Summers. They gave Malcolm Jamal Warner a night, and um, I kind of won the lottery. And (laughs) it was a bittersweet situation because, if you remember, Joan Rivers kind of got screwed around by Fox, and then her husband killed himself. Mm -hmm. Um, It it was a bizarre Hollywood situation, and Joan was the first person to put me on The Tonight Show as a stand-up. And so it it was a bittersweet kind of quagmire because she didn't want me to take that show. She wanted me to turn it down. But at that time, dog, Mm. you know, I was I was walking through the supermarket taking candy and eating while I'm in there, you know, know, that period of your life where where you you roll the cart around and you eat stuff in the cart and then you leave the cart and dash out of the store. (laughs) I I needed a job.
0: Well, you can't. I mean, you got to take an opportunity like that and look what you did with it. Uh, I, I do remember a couple of moments. Do you remember the time that during your monologue, a gay guy got up and started yelling at you and you were like one of the oh, first yeah. guys to fire back. You were like, "Let me tell you something." Elton John was here the other day, and he rocked the house. El- I mean, you were going viral with those sort of things before there was
1: really viral. Yeah, we we were we didn't have the word trending, but if it was today, I'd be trending. You know, I think the thing that made me angry with the gay community, um, and 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 I. I You know, back then, you could look at a director and say, no, don't go to commercial. You know, I want to have this out right here on television because they had been threatening my life. First of all, I had been getting these calls to the studio. And, um, um, you know, I mean, that happened a lot back then. I put on the first gay female comic, openly gay comic. And it's it's kind of what you would think would be the right thing to do, right. but there's a whole other element of society that was mad at me and was threatening my life for putting too many gays on. But <laughs> what bothered me when when the protests happened was I frequently did Rosie O'Donnell and Louie Anderson and Ellen DeGeneres, but back then, this is so long ago, people didn't know they were gay. Right. And unfortunately, I couldn't out them to save myself. So I think I was angry that my gay friends and guests didn't come to my defense.
0: Oh, and that, and that makes a lot of sense. And then we're also talking about an extremely different time and we're talking about different decades and that at, at the time, this was something where we were all kind of exploring and, and uh, you know, it was no it was no right or wrong, but you were like, okay, so you're gay. You know, we like, we didn't know how to handle it. TV was afraid to talk about it. I mean, remember Ellen kissed somebody on TV and that was a big deal? Oh, yeah. I Ruined mean, her career yeah, for a while. Yeah. For a yeah. while. Uh, right, this right. is uh, the great Arsenio Hall, who is actually doing stand-up. He's a very funny stand-up comedian. He'll be at the Improv in Ybor City tonight and tomorrow. Two shows tonight, 8 and 10.30. I'm sorry, Friday night. Friday night and Saturday night. Friday night,
1: yep. Friday uh, and Saturday. Yeah. Two shows both nights. And uh, if you guys want to come through, you know, I li- like Elvis, I'll hold a ticket for you.
0: <laughs> I got I to be honest. I have met uh, Jay Leno. I have sat at Letterman's desk. I mean, you are definitely one of those people that is... Uh he uh, Arsenio is an icon. Oh, Arsenio yeah. is an icon. Two big things that I remember from Arsenio's show is one, Andrew Dice Clay crying. Yeah. Remember that? Oh and, yeah, yeah. And, and then I also remember you wrestling Bobcat Goldthwaite because he was uh, going crazy, and you were trying to throw it a commercial, and you were like, had him in a headlock, and so, it was so funny. And how many times you've had yeah, You that? know,
1: I'll, I'll tell you what, that, that Bobcat thing was weird, because at that point, I had resigned, okay? I had sent a letter, and I was just trying to do shows. They wanted me to do shows until they found another host. They were looking at John Stewart and Bill Bellamy. Now, at that point, I'm just trying to keep things afloat, and I appreciate it that, that they let me continue to do it after I sent them that letter, right? But then Bobcat comes on and he wants to turn the place out. And I don't know if you remember, but he spray painted the background, yeah. and and he knocked the television over and cut a producer. And it was a funny situation, but it was kind of a real situation because. I, and I'm thinking like, hey man, you can really, you know you can really get me in trouble with the master, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh
0: And then I, you got to remember also, Arsenio. Had Howard Stern on with the whole group. I mean, you would you would let people do stuff on stage that everybody else was afraid to even try. I mean, Letterman put Howard on, but never in the capacity that you would let him run free.
1: Yeah, and Howard I had on the, that first show that you and your friends came to when it was when I first got that Fox show. That was that was a lot of fun. It, and and to this day, still people still when I do situations like this, they talk about the talk show since the talk show. Like for instance, our president Donald Trump. I was on Apprentice. I won Apprentice, yep. but people don't talk about it. People, people want to talk about the talk show. People, it, it's funny because when I first won, everybody was excited, and then it was like. Like you, you, you won the Westminster Dog Show, but Michael Vick was the judge. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, now, now people it don't don't talk about it much, and it's kind of a bad thing. But I was the first black person to win Celebrity Apprentice. I, I'm the Jackie Robinson of Celebrity Apprentice. <laughs> but no one cares. Why? Why do you? Uh,
0: can you sum up uh, why you decided to wrap up with the show? Was it, did it just run its course for you, uh, or did you? Well,
1: there there were a couple things. Um, I was. I always thought six years was the amount of time I should stay. That's what I'd always. Why though? Johnny manager. did
0: 30. Why did you think six was the right year?
1: I always felt that shows and shows start after six. Like if you watch mash or different favorites back then, you always think they about six years is a norm. I yeah. always felt that. And you also notice every year your numbers are going to erode a little bit, even if it's a tenth of a point. You're not the new guy anymore. So my thing, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I grew up in a neighborhood where Jim Brown was the famous person in my neighborhood. And as a kid, I always admired the fact that he left on top and I wanted to try to do that. Remember Jim Brown, oh, when sure. 30 dozen, he did a movie yep. and he still had his knees. He wasn't like OJ, OJ, <laughs> you know, <laughs> OJ, you know, a totally different situation. So I wanted to be like Jim Brown and I sent a letter and they said, okay. And they were going to try to find a host. So I did a couple more months of shows and I, actually ended up having a kid after the show and I think that's what I was searching for to make my personal life as as meaningful as my business life
0: How old is your son or your child I don't know He's
1: 19 now he's 19 years old and he's uh he's a Hoosier he's at IU and as soon as he was old enough for me to put a key around his neck I went got back on the road and started working and did Apprentice. And, yeah. you know, cause I missed the business, but at the same time, I'm from a home where my mother worked two jobs and my father was never around. And I wanted to raise my son different. I wanted to know his best friend, his favorite color. I wanted to drop him off with all the hot mommies right. in the line in the morning at the school. You know, uh, I wanted to do all that. Does he know and, you're cool? the bottom line, well, it, yeah, I, I think it is, it is kind of, it is kind of nice to have your dad be Arsenio Hall, and it's kind of, kind of cool to be that dad. But a lot of times, I think the thing that's most important to him is he calls Magic Johnson like Uncle Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. I think I think Daddy's friends are as cool as having me as a daddy.
0: That's got to that's got to be pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. He only knows you as a Jackie Robinson of the Apprentice. He doesn't know you as a late, <laughs> late night king who won. Who probably won Bill Clinton in an election. This is Arsenio Hall. Your opportunity to see Arsenio Hall. Do stand up this Friday and Saturday at the Improv in Tampa. Make reservations. It'll definitely sell out. And uh, we we got a confirmation that uh, the Coming to America two is going to happen. And you gotta watch out oh, for that. Yeah. You gotta watch out for that Bill Bellamy, because he may be like fifty, but he's still got the skin of a twenty three year old. So don't let him try and slide up and take a <laughs> roll. <laughs> he he is he is he's already trying to steal the first job. Don't let him try to sneak in and steal this one.
1: Absolutely, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, now, have you ever done stand up?
0: No, I'm not that
1: funny. Oh, because you sound like you have that kind of head that would be a good stand up.
0: No, I don't listen, I, I admire what stand ups do, it's a different kind of comedy and uh, Galvin who I work with, he could do stand up if he didn't have such anger management problems. Like I get he's way funnier. I could see him telling jokes and then punching the people who don't laugh at his jokes. So I
1: couldn't I don't that's you a know whole what? different world. It sounds like Galvin needs some L.A. weed before he goes up. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll try that out. Absolutely, listen, I appreciate you getting cool out, mellow him out, and uh, and and he'll be he'll be the next Jay Leno. Yeah, well,
0: he's built like him. Uh, thank you so much, <laughs> Arsenio, <laughs> for coming on the show. I, I have, uh, I'm really, it's a pleasure to speak with you, and I hope to get out. To